0: While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast everybody. It is now the we're, we're a little bit into 2024. By the time I'm recording the episode um, this is three days into the semester so just keep that in mind. Uh, we start our new semester uh, when we come back from winter break which we didn't used to do but now we do do that. Uh, so it's a new semester and uh, this is probably one of the Earliest in that we have as teachers felt the need to to drink, but more more about that later. So if you're listening to this one and you're in the car on your way to work, obviously not yet. Maybe cheers via some coffee. Uh, but if you are at the end of your work week or your weeknight or it's already the weekend, uh, cheers, cheers to you with this already not tumultuous, but it challenging already school year. So as of right now, when we talk about our school attendance, I think we're as a building around 40% for the, first, for the first three days of the school year. No joke, like 40% for the entire building, which is abysmal, uh, no matter how big your building is, 40% is alarming. Uh, even so far as like my first period class, I get to my first period class and uh, no one's there the whole time. Um, on day one, it wasn't until day two that I I had one student show up twenty five minutes late to to first period. So there's nothing new. It's a lot of time to focus on other stuff. Like I was running late on Wednesday, and I was like, "That doesn't matter. They're not going to be there anyway." I say late, like I'm I'm still early. I usually instead of getting there at seven thirty, I got there at seven fifty. Like, ooh, it's that it's that much worse. Uh, But when you don't have your first student, despite class starting at 8 in the morning, when you don't have your first student until 8.30, well, it doesn't matter. Guess I got a buffer I didn't realize that I've had (laughs) all along. So, yeah, that reminds me. I got to get a stapler for work tomorrow. I got to go to the store to buy one of those. Because, of course, some students broke it. 40% attendance, but of the 40%, they're still able to break some shit, and we can't have nice things. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to... James Lish, Cindy, Melinda, Sabrina, Leslie, Leo, and Adam. Those are our current Patreon members. If you want to join the Patreon to get that bonus content and all that other good stuff and support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash classroombroom. In 2024, they also released the new FAFSA, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. And I mentioned last week that I was worried about my own trauma with FAFSA and student loans Uh, potentially negatively impacting my students. Uh, But honestly, the new FAFSA is a lot simpler. I don't know why in my head, but I feel like at a certain point I had to fax something. And we're talking, I was doing FAFSA between 2011 to 2017. That's when I was an undergrad and then in grad school after that. Uh, Stuff with like, you know, my parents' W-2s. And I don't know why we had to fax something, but we had to fax something and... Now everything was as digitally friendly as it is now, and I, I feel like it took a really long time to answer all those questions and fill in all the information and do it correctly. And you know, some information you have to get from your, your parent or guardian, whoever it is. And um, granted, there was a lot of front loading that we did, even though we didn't know uh, what the new version of FAFSA was going to be. But there was still enough that we knew we would need to get. Like, you know, social security numbers, making sure W-2s are done by the parents and uh, stuff like that, which it's alarming how many high school students don't have their, their social security number memorized. Granted, I think I only knew mine or had it memorized because I was trying to get a job in high school during the recession. So I was applying to a lot of jobs and getting no every single time. So I was continuing to do more and more job applications. And On those job applications, you are entering your social security number repeatedly. Um, To this day, I I think that Target is a lucrative job. I could do any job in that building. I'm not disparaging those jobs at all, but I really feel confident that I could do do any job in that building, and I never even got a phone call. Um, But you got to figure, you know, I was a high school kid with no experience. You never know if I'd be able to bag a grocery properly or take a cart back inside from the outside. That's a big risk. It's a big risk, I got to say. But FAFSA so far, honestly, my students are killing it. Uh, Granted, I only have my only like fully senior class. It's single digits uh, for the students on the roster, but they're all doing a great job. Honestly, I was really worried about it because I'll be honest, historically, the students at my school tend to be a little careless because they just want to get stuff done. But I think that we have impressed upon them enough about how important it is to not make mistakes on this important legal document that is very important for your future. Um, And it's a requirement to graduate, even if you are not going to college. But um, yeah, I already had within uh, between an hour to 90 minutes. I had one student whose parent did it for them, which that's, that's very nice. I had another student who start to finish in class and not even like a full, you know, not every second of the 60 to 90 minutes or so was dedicated to this. I gave him the whole class period on the first three days or so. But like, I mean, it takes time to log in and stuff. What I'm trying to get at is that he finished it start to finish. And I would would estimate 45-ish minutes of like dedicated time. Part of it was like he hit a couple of roadblocks and like he didn't have information. So that was his his quote unquote homework to get that information. Like, oh, I don't know my parents' social security number and I probably shouldn't text that. So let me get that and um, write it down somewhere offline and then tear up that paper as soon as I'm done. And uh, he, he actually, I, I give him a lot of credit. There were essentially two nights where he had to do stuff to be able to continue his FAFSA, and he did that, and it was awesome. So I've got still a handful that I still have to get finished up with it. The only reason that more students haven't um, finished it is because attendance. Like the students, the students who actually did finish so far, Well, one, a parent did it. There was like one more thing for them to do. But the other one, uh, those two students rather that finished it, including the one who actually did do it start to finish in class, they're the only ones who were there in class on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The other ones missed either one or two days out of three. So that makes sense why they're a little bit behind. But I feel pretty good that we'll get it done this week. So if you're a teacher and you're doing FAFSA, whether it's, you know, a senior seminar, One Goal, Embark, whatever uh, programs you have, AVID, whatever programs you have in your school, Breathe easy, because so far, so good. And yeah. We did, though, during the downtime in, in one of my courses, my AP course, because, you know, now I have students flee, or fleeing left and right because they have all these courses they need to get as seniors before they can graduate. And I guess someone fell asleep at the wheel, and we just found out now in second semester. And so there's a little bit more, you know, downtime and discussions don't go as long. Um and they're not even that uh, bad of discussion still. But uh, we got on the topic somehow about our school's student-athletes and, you know, if any of them have the ability to go pro. And I just Year after year, it amazes me. The cliche of students truly believing in their heart that they're going to go to the NBA or the, the NFL – You know, just because of pure talent from the pickup games that they have played a handful of times in their lives. And I'm not trying to be an asshole about this at all, but I don't know if they really realize still just how hard it is. You know, like you think about all the NFL free agents out there, for example, let's just focus on the NFL right now. There are truly hundreds of players who are pro level (laughs) athletes. And they are not on the active roster or even on a practice squad of any kind. But I have I have my students who, like, they're competing in one of the lowest divisions of competition in our state of Illinois. Even in the city of Chicago, one of the lowest divisions for our school. A lot of them have really low grades, a really poor GPA. A decent chunk of them in our building have really bad attitudes. It's not even that D1 schools, like, wouldn't give them a second thought they wouldn't give him a first thought. Let alone the NBA or NFL. And like, sorry, but neither of those those leagues are taking people out of high school. You know? I believe LeBron was the last player in the NBA, for example, to be able to take, or to go straight from high school to the NBA. And, you know, probably rightly so. I don't know. Who's to say? Um, but, we're talking about this and there's no awareness of that they're like they're so like well so-and-so is pretty good and i go yeah so-and-so is pretty good compared to what and then they finally had some real a little bit of realization like well yeah i guess we did play at that state tournament and they did get destroyed and they were ranked last among players (laughs) who qualified for enough games and stuff like that like comparing those uh so I hope that more kids realize it earlier because it's a little bit scary that so far n- not aware at all. It's a cliche. I promise it actually did happen, but I don't know what else to tell these kids at this point. So, um, so on the subreddit teaching, I remember the ask teachers. I think we somehow got like booted out of there. We got kicked out because we asked teachers a question. Uh, so you know what, forget that but uh, on the subreddit teaching which actually encourages people to ask questions and answer those questions, fuck reddit uh, it says one, uh, one student's behavior is seriously making me think I, can, I can't make it to the end of the year it says I have this is a, uh, sounds like she is 26 years old, she's a female teacher it says 26F, I assume that's what that means uh, I have had a very tough year so far teaching third grade and this is my fourth year teaching I was really hoping the winter break would be a nice it would be a nice fresh restart but of course that's not the case with this one student this student has made this year hell for me they are constantly disrespectful defiant talk back think they are better than everyone else it sounds like a lot of my students and even have thrown objects to get attention this student is also in the principal's office at least three times a week some weeks more parents are not helpful and admin doesn't seem to help much either This student does not respond to positive reinforcement and responds with okay or I don't care when given consequences. This student completely changes the dynamic of my class. I never get to actually teach because I have to deal with their disruptive behavior. Nice job with, they haven't identified anything about this person using uh, they, them pronouns to make it, you know, very, very, very uh, vague. Uh... I never get to actually teach because I do them in their behavior. Uh, I hate coming to work because I know I have to deal with this every day. I go home crying all the time because I can't deal with the constant negativity and disrespect. This kid uses up all my time and energy, and I feel like a shitty teacher to the rest of my students. I'm at a loss, and I don't know how much I will survive, or I don't know how I will survive uh, the rest of the year. Any advice is much appreciated. And I'm sure other people... um, Thanks to Matt for, for sending that to me from Reddit. Uh I don't know how much people mention this in the comments, but the thing that's truly worked for me, and you know, granted, this user is for sure not listening. I don't know if they are, sincerely underscore not on, on uh the Reddit that's not even mine. Uh making it not your problem anymore. Like the first year of my teaching career, I was all about, well, students are. You know, I want them to feel welcome. So I don't want to put them out of the classroom because that's not the message I want to send. I want to keep them in the classroom and, you know, engage them as best I can and just find a way to deal with it in-house. Let's deal with it between, you know, us because they're then that way they'll, you know, I I was saying they'd respect me more because they deal with, you know, me for everything. I'm the one-stop shop. You know, they can come to me. It's not going to be, you know, a big deal, whatever. Uh, Didn't work the first year. (laughs) It wasn't until truly the second year where I was way less miserable, also less planning to do because, you know, your first year, you just staying above water, uh, doing it for the first time for a full year. But um, putting students out, unfortunately, is a strategy. If you're getting no support from admin, making it not your problem and putting it on someone else is a very good way to get someone else's attention. Like even, I, I would almost be as, I mean, I don't know if this is a tenured teacher, so, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, I i don't have this particular issue this year, luckily. Um, but because I have that, you know, job protection, maybe that's part of it why I would feel comfortable doing this. But I would straight up tell this student exactly where to go. To the principal, to the dean, to whoever is being the unsupportive person. Great. You go ahead, deal with them. Cool. I know it sounds really bad like I'm saying deal with them. But at a certain point, if it's, we talk about students sometimes who are potentially unreachable or uh, I don't want to use the term incorrigible, but there's only so much you can do. And at a certain point, you have your other students in the classroom to worry about. And you can't, you can't every single day. Well, one, you'll go crazy, but two, you will not be serving the other 25 plus kids in the room just because of the one. Now we talked about, so that's my solution. I would say... Every single time, every single day, send them out. If they're in the principal three times a day, great. Make it 30 times a day if that's what it takes. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's the only way through. I went through the worst first semester with a student that wound up needing, eventually transferred to a therapeutic school, was eventually kicked out, was sent to an alternative school. I believe now is locked up. But it wasn't until I think I documented over 100 times like 100 zero, zero times about this student and they wound up getting a 1 to 1 aid just for behavior it wasn't ability it was just behavior truly i don't know if it was from a legal standpoint like hey make sure they don't get hurt or <laughs> or hurt somebody else but that's all they were there to do was to redirect their behavior and it didn't work but at least it was someone else's problem you know as bad as that that is to say um um, so th- this comes to mind and, and the reason that I'm, I'm glad Matt sent that the other day, but in these first few days, I have this one particular student, uh, underclassman, we will say that with just complete apathy, their final grade. Uh, if it was an actual, we have this rule, the, the, the rule against the zero. So for 70% of their weighted categories, we cannot give them anything below a 45% on assignments. Uh, The other 30%, yes, they can get a zero on something. Uh, It's the assessments. But uh, their their final grade was seriously like in, in the high 20s, low 30s. And they were there almost every day. That might be a stretch. Maybe they were there... 75% of the time, which is alarming if you're there that often and you are in class and theoretically doing something. I mean, mostly she was sitting there, but uh, did not pass a single class this past semester. As a matter of fact, has only passed about three or four classes. And I'm not saying like full credits, like the full, like first and second. No, like one semester of a class three times that's it so this person you know should be an upperclassman soon but is still a first semester underclassman as a result now the first thing you think as a teacher is okay mental health support something's going on at home supportive family behavioral health or mental health professionals saying no there's nothing the matter that we can uncover multiple times by the way this is something that's been brought up and nothing and asking the student the the true response once you finally sift through the I don't know 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 is finally well I'm just lazy that's it nothing else that's all we get even asking like how can I help you well first off I asked the student to repeat because the conversation for the like How do we make sure we don't uh, get an LMNOP for our letter grade uh, at the end of this semester yet again? And uh, the conversation is the only time I've had a student, not the only time, the only time this year where I had a student that I just had to cut the conversation off being like, look, I need you at some point. I don't know if you need to find Jesus or what, but um, I didn't actually say that, of course. But I don't know what the, I, I did say, I don't know what it is that you have to figure out But I need you, between now and the next time I see you, because she doesn't always come to school, uh, between now and the next time I see you, I need you to think about two things. What do you want to do differently? And how can I help you to do something different? That's it. What do you want to change? How can I help? And I think when I asked her to repeat that to me, those two things, only two things, only two things that I had just said, I think I had to repeat it three more times because the response I got, and maybe she was fucking with me. I, I don't care. I was really trying to get the message across. So if she was just trying to be a pain in the ass, I, it doesn't bother me. But it was like she, it was in one ear, out the other. Maybe a little performative. I don't know. And finally got her to repeat the two things back to me. Wasn't there the next day? Of course, I'll follow up. But it really the the question of are there some students where they just are unreachable? You have a parent and a guardian. A couple of parents who are in the picture, seem well-adjusted, seem supportive, actually doing well financially and getting them their child safely to school and safely home and every single day, they are upset and they have not much else that they can do to try to get their student to do anything. You have mental health professionals saying, nothing appears to be the matter. There's not much that we can do here. You have special education teachers and case managers saying it's not an issue of ability because I've also, as a janet teacher, seen her ability in action, very inconsistently, of course. And this is also a student that at one point I gave like the hey, this is the point of no return. Do something every day now, or you will fail the class. And even that was like, right. well, actually, at the time it was okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it together. And then two seconds later was, I don't know. So I don't know. I'm I'm more stressed about this student than this student is stressed about themselves. I have an ulcer. I can't even drink for this episode because because I have an ulcer. Uh, It hurts to exist. It hurts to drink water for some reason. I mean, granted, now I'm on a, a proton pump inhibitor, but ow. And I'm more stressed than this student about their own, you know, future. I, I don't know what her plan is because guess what the answer was when I asked her, what's your plan after high school? <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's It's been a weird start to the year. I am glad it's a new year. feels like a nice way to, I, I just love a fresh start. I love when things at work start to come to a close and you wrap things up and they come full circle. And you you know the meaning behind certain things is very evident for students and for adults as well who need that sometimes. But uh, I love a good uh, fresh start and I love nice clean break for (laughs) said it weird but but yeah so i don't know those are my thoughts i'm again not quite back in the swing of my routine so i'm recording this the day before the episode comes out and i gotta stop doing that maybe get a a few episodes banked but uh, i want to give a big shout out again uh to our current patreon members that is uh, adam leslie leo sabrina melinda cindy lish and james again thank you guys if you want to support the show as well Uh, I appreciate you guys listening in, of course, but patreon.com slash classroom brew to go above above and beyond. I believe last week the episode was also a video episode, which is only available on Patreon. So again, patreon.com slash classroom brew. I think that's about it. I'm exhausted. You want to be on the show? Send me an email uh, or send me a DM. Just check the show notes or just Google, Google, Instagram, whatever it is, classroom brew. That's, That's how you find it, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or whatever it may be. So, but hey, happy second episode in the new year. Happy new year in general. And until next week, class dismissed. (laughs) through.